started. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, now, welcome to the SPAC podcast with your host, Alex Cutler, myself, Dana, SPAC mania. Alex, you're under a whole new name these days. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, how exciting. Um, please exciting. tell the world who is Alex Cutler now? <laughs> Well, I'm now, I'm now officially, uh, I'm called the Stockcast. Uh, so what it is, it's instead of just being Alex Cutler 2R7, I, you can still refer to me as that, but uh, I'm the change of the brand, the change of the name is really to be able to allow the brand to expand and to allow other people's other voices to come in. I'm still looking for other people to join. Um, and if they want to let their voice be heard, their uh, DD to be heard in research, I want it to be um, kind of a spot for all everyone. So uh it's going to be a lot more, not just SPACs, not just anything. We will be, cover everything and any, yeah, anything. Everything so. under the sun. Yes, sir. So a lot of things are coming, and I, uh, I expect, I expect big, big things to come. And we got partnerships coming. We got a lot of, uh, a lot of things in the, in the, in the works. So. Well, and gosh, I got to take a moment. Congratulations. Um, I think the whole internet was excited when we learned you landed this epic <laughs> interview with none other than, you know, Rawlinson himself, the CEO of Lucid. Yes, sir. Uh, congratulations. It's, I, I say that on behalf of all of FinTwit. Um, how exciting. I mean, I got to ask, podcast aside here, how does one even pull that off? I mean, these guys <laughs> must have been like, they had you on your radar. I mean, you're Mr. Lucid. Are they giving you a car for free too? I mean, <laughs> there's an endorsement. What's going on? No, it's just more of a, just as anybody that really, uh, like just up and coming. And if you really think that you do well, just reach out to the investors, uh, the investor relations people talk to their, try to get in co contact with their VP communications. Just, you can, what's the worst thing they, that, that they can do? They could say no. no. Um, but I always say whether you have 150,000 followers to 1000 followers, it doesn't matter if you present yourself correctly, if you pre present your information correctly and you show credibility, they'll give you, give a shot on you. So, uh, I say, if well, you're trying to, trying to grow, do it, see what folks, happens. That's a very humble, um, answer and who can't admire that, but you can't <laughs> deny that you're just such a, a credible influencer. And I'm sure they appreciate having a brand, you know, evangelist in their corner, you know, really calling things truthfully. There's been yeah. so many like mixed dialogues on, um, on Lucid with all the major media and you seem to always keep everyone honest on their feet and no fake news when it comes to the stock cast, right? Yes, absolutely. And, the, but the best thing is I want everyone to know, uh, if you're watching this before the video, I'm going to be unbiased throughout the whole process. I want the real answers. I'm going to, as a shareholder, as well as in many other people that you are shareholders, we need to have answers. So yes. even though if I believe in the company, I still want the facts. And it's going to be for anybody that I interviewed, whether it was a rival before and now, now Lucid, in the future, you never know. Um, I am in talks with other people. The exact same thing I'm going to do with Lucid, I'm going to do with others. So all about the facts. And uh, no matter what I, no matter what the answer is, I believe that there's going to be great things to come. I personally, I can't wait to read the comment thread because you get just trashed by people who really don't think clearly, you know, people are going to be like, oh, how come you didn't ask this question? They don't quite comprehend all the little nuances of setting up, you know, an interview with a company of this magnitude and mm -hmm. everything that comes with it. 
you know, um, again, incredibly supportive. I, uh, I'll be there to defend you. I'll just spend my <laughs> Monday or all next week in there grinding out for you, man. Well, I appreciate it. And, and for those that are following, that are watching, that are followers of me, as well as followers of us back mania, um, a lot of the questions that I did ask was generated from you, the follower, because I want to be used as like a speaking point, a point of which I can be a voice for the people. So any questions that you guys have asked, I've heard and I've put into a list of questions that they're going to that I'm going to ask for them. They're going to have to answer. So I think that if your question wasn't asked, I'm sorry, but there was plenty of others that needed to be answered. Yeah. Well, you know, I think anyone who is um, a shareholder in CCIV and believes in Lucid Motors uh, couldn't be more grateful to have um, you as the guy, you know, speaking on their behalf um, to get these answers. So I know you're going to do a fantastic job. I couldn't be more excited. Quickly tell everyone, you know, where will they be able to find this? You're going to tweet this video, right? I'm going to be tweeting the video. Um, so we're going to have the interview tomorrow uh, and uh, the video will be posted whether it be later Friday evening or Saturday, mid Saturday. Um, it's just going to take some time because again, we need to have this as high quality as possible. Um, I will be tweeting the link out on my Twitter as well as uh, you can go check it out on my, on my, uh, my YouTube channel. YouTube, um, yep. Yep. The Stockcast, And I'm going to be, I'm still setting up my, my Spotify. So I will be po posting it there as well. Well, you know, I, I'll be the, one of the first guys in there ready to listen. Um, I'm excited. Congratulations. And gosh, you know, if this is where you're starting, I know we had the arrival interview. <laughs> like, where the hell does this thing end? Um, Elon Musk, if you're listening, Chamath Palahapatiya, let's go, baby. I, I, I think it's fantastic. Man, aim big, right? Yes, sir. Aim big. Go for it. I also just want to say, too. You know, it is Thursday evening, um, just about six o'clock Pacific time. We both have the NFL draft going on in the background. We're big fans, but we're doing this podcast because we love you, the listeners. And I'll tell you, you know, it. one of my greatest joys these days and with all the turbulence in the stack market, uh, things are so shitty. Uh, I love just diving in and seeing the comments, the feedback of the SPAC podcast. You know, we've only been live for what, six weeks. And um, it's so gratifying. You know, we're seeing measurable growth, but just it's, uh, it's been a rewarding, fun experience. I think we're both learning things. And uh, again, if anyone's listening, you know, that's really chatty, hey, send us more questions. We want to be there to tackle it. And um, what more can I say? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for your support, guys. We really do appreciate it. Well, we thought about wasting everyone's time with a handful of topics. No, today we wanted to, to focus strictly on um, a very important topic and a SPAC that's been around for a while um, and uh, it's gonna contribute to bigger things, a game changer. Mm -hmm. That is drum roll, boom, yep. Microvast. So Micro we're going to be talking about, yeah, we're talking about Tuscan Holdings, THCB. And I've been talking about it a while and it's actually been with the information I'd be providing. It's actually opening up a lot of people's eyes. And it really, if you think about it, this one's still really low and uh, relatively close to NAV. It's around 1190. It's 1180. And it was sitting at NAV around 1057 when I first gave my first alert uh, about it. And well, I'm covering it. Here. 
we've got people that may not even know what microvest is. That's true. That's true. Do you want so to give them a quick summary of what the hell is microvest? Yeah. So what microvest is, microvest is, is an EV battery company completely dedicated for them. They are vertically integrated from the ground up. Their cells, their like their chemistry, everything and their packs are all in-house. So they are, they have been going since 2006 and they have are headquartered in Houston, Texas with, with factories in China, Bradenburg, Germany, as well as powertrain in London. So they have three factories and they just got a brand new factory. Uh, they uh, bought a factory that they're going to refurbish and like change to their own in Clarksville, Tennessee to support their, their uh, contract and their partnership with Oshkosh who just won a brand new contract for the United States Postal Service. Yep. So this is really big. Um, so we'll I'm talk more. To, I'm the world's worst interrupter. So no big. I, I, I proudly wear that crown. That Oshkosh um, contract with USPS, that's the same one everyone was talking about workhorse getting, right? Yep. And the workhorse people are still trying to push to say that they're going to be involved at all. That's not going to happen. We're talking several billion dollars for this mm -hmm. deal. So yep. substantial. And also, too, um, that, that factory you were talking about, um, mm -hmm. when do you happen to know the timeline? When was that acquired? When are they going to start retrofitting? That's what that was acquired uh, a month and a half ago. And oh, wow. if they're re yeah, they're retrofitting it and it'll be ready for production end of 2022. And it's domestic, too. Yes. It's going to be available there. It's not only going to be just to support the Oshkosh contract, but also many United States uh, contracts. So um, throughout the whole news about, about Microvest, I think Microvest is still remains a, a sleeping monster. And a lot of investors, a lot of shareholders are really hesitant with what's going on because of, of the voting, the proxy vote that we were just talking about. Um, people are really hesitant to get in because they, they're not sure if the merger is going to happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> well, and let's let's backtrack too on that. We know that initially it was delayed, right? This proxy vote date should have happened what two months ago, and then there was a vote to extend, mm -hmm. and it wasn't quite you know communicated clearly why, which drives speculation, people wondering. But we all knew on on the other line of that fish that fish hook was a great company. It's just a matter yes. of when this thing's going to come together. So it most recently did a couple of days ago or mm -hmm. two days ago. Does that sound right? <laughs> two days ago. Actually, yesterday. Oh, man. Gosh, give me another cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, yep. But they got 53% of the vote. Is that correct? 53% of the vote. They needed 65. But uh, the director said that they uh, agreed to adjourn and delay it to May 10th. But with that being said, is that with that adjournment, they now only need 50% of the majority vote. So that was a minimum of, of turnout. And with a lot more eyes onto the merger and a lot of people waking up to needing to vote, this, this is going to happen. It's not, yeah. there's no, like, you can't fight it. But well, let me ask you just a quick question again. I am just on a roll with interrupting today. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, <laughs> we, you mentioned this is undervalued. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to date, Anything in the EV sector has been red hot prior to the end of February. Mm -hmm. And a company like this um, should follow in line with the likes of a QuantumScape, hyper growth, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but with all the turbulence of the spacopolis, the uh, everything <laughs> that's just happened, you know, God, the last 12, 13 weeks, um, it's got lost in the mix. 
Do you yeah. feel like, I mean, it's, it's literally just, there's no news. There's no buzz. People aren't talking. People are so just beaten to a pulp um, with everything that's happened with SPACs in general that Microvest has just kind of slid under the radar. I mean, would you agree with that assessment? That's how I'm looking at it. Well, it's, it's, it has slid underneath the radar and has fallen due to the, the market correction it has never really pulled back to where it should be because upon, upon announcement of de definitive agreement, uh, it's shot up all the way up to 22 to $23. But in that being said, is that Microvast doesn't really help themselves at all when it comes to marketing. They don't really say anything. They, they don't have a, an active Twitter um, and their press releases are very minimal. So I think that's something that definitely needs to be worked on. And I can live with that. I don't care. And you maybe can't really- by design, right? You know, maybe. maybe it's a conservative play that, hey, we're not gonna foolishly put anything out there that we can't back up. A exactly. lot of people get their feet running ahead of them, right? Yeah, and, I, and I, I'd rather let the product speak for itself because they've been going for so long. They've been going since 2006. And there's a big difference between them and the likes of QuantumScape and the likes of Romeo Power. Um, there's a big difference. Like QuantumScape, I get it. They're going for solid state. What else are you making? And they're not making any revenue until 2025. Drum roll, please. Guess what's happening? On the most recent investor presentation and call, their head of chemistry and heads of engineering has literally stated that they have officially started progression on solid state batteries. And they are now con adding consumer uh, vehicles to the battery output. So cool. they're not only just doing commercial, they're now going to be building solid state batteries and consumer EV batteries. So you talked about, you know, it's a vertically great, uh, vertically integrated manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, their sole focus is fast charging batteries mm -hmm. or electric vehicles and other commercial applications. Yes. Um, right now, so much, probably more prioritization of the electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, sorry, I'm distracted. There's the NFL draft going on <laughs> in the background right now. No? But um, what, what can we say about, um, you know, I looked at the, the, the background or the, the compare and contrast of both Microvast and QuantumScape. And mm -hmm. we know that Microvast is sitting on a few hundred um, patents. So they've got some proprietary technology. There's a lot of people in this space, but like you mentioned, these guys have been around since 20, uh, 2006. They're, they've certainly got, um, they've got experience in this realm. And from what yeah. I've gathered too, the, the big differentiating factor between the two um, is just their, their ability to manufacture. They've got the ability to scale in ways others haven't. And I was gonna ask you quickly, uh, Microvest, are we going to see revenue this year? I, I, I saw that. I know we all know that QuantumScape is down the road. It's, yeah. it's a nice thought, but it sounds like Microvest has got revenue here in the near future. Do you want to comment on that? They're not just going to make revenue in the near future. They're already generating revenue. They've been generating re revenue over $200 million annually for the last couple of years uh, because they have contracts uh, giving out batteries to the likes of uh, the double-decker buses out in London. Every EV double-decker bus in London is powered really? by Microvast. Yep, as well as uh, uh, EV buses in China and Japan, they are powered by Microvast. Um, also with uh, construction companies uh, working through Dana and many other companies that they're partnered with, they are generating revenue from uh, from that with their contracts for, um, for construction site 
vehicles um, with their batteries. So I think that there's a lot to come. And the best thing about it is, is what the chemical with them having the, the past working with commercial vehicles and, and like industrial vehicles like them is the fact that they are proven. Their technology is proven to run not only one to three hours or four to like three to five hours from a long trip there. They can go from eight hours to consistently running without it exploding or overheating. That's what Microvest has. That's what they're most proud of because they can run at high temperatures. They're made to run at high temperatures and they are continuously innovating and evolving their technology. Um, they yeah, have I'm reading here too. It says thermally stable up to 300 degrees Celsius. I don't know what the conversion rate is for uh, <laughs> Fahrenheit, but it sounds like a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. And the 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 best thing to add on to that is that you're not going to need to worry about their battery exploding on you, uh, especially when they start to add and become that third party OEM for consumer vehicles. I could see them being, which they're already partnered with the likes of BMW and Porsche. They're going to be utilized more, and especially in the United States with so many EV pop-ups, who would, you'd be idiotic not to be partnered with Microvast because they do have a brand new cell that has the capabilities of being fully charged in 10 minutes. Brand new cell. Well, God, that sounds lightning fast. Um, can back, just backtrack a little bit. So I know there's a lot of people perhaps out there like me that just don't even understand the chemistry and science behind lithium batteries. So mm -hmm. what you're talking about, and again, folks, I'm, I only recently learned this, these LTO batteries are kind of the bread and butter of Microvast. Mm -hmm. um, and what that basically is abbreviated for is a form of a, it's a lithium ion battery, but this titanate battery. Um, I don't know how they get to um, LTO, but how I basically understand it is just like a lithium ion battery, it um, instead uses uh, carbon on its surface of its anoid. And anoids is like, when I understand, again, not an expert by any means, this is a heavy topic. Um, it's how power comes and goes from, a, from, a, you know, um, from the individual battery. And uh, what I'm reading here too is that like these particular batteries, um, they can last up to like 7,000 charge cycles, which seems like mm -hmm. a lot. So the lifespan of this battery is, I don't know how, what 7,000 charge cycles looks like, but <laughs> well, it seems the, like a the, lot. It is a lot. And, and the fact that they, the, with the way that they are composed, the way that their, their density is so tight, tight with their chemistry and the way that they structure their batteries is the fact that with the denseness of that battery, they can handle those higher temperatures. They can charge up faster and be more efficient to be handling more loads to it um, and move like larger, uh, like have a higher torque rate, be able to move faster and perform better. That's why even though people are all about, well, I can get a battery to last longer and just have a large battery with the likes of Microvest, they don't really need that. They, they will give like the industrial vehicles large battery packs because they're running consistently like eight to 24 hours um but with with the likes of the buses they don't need to give large packs they're just running and they're they're running quite well and i can only imagine once their cell packs are created for the consumers how middle amount of space you're going to need to move short like in uh for only like an hour or so to just make those short distances so really to think about the future 
to know that they're already generating revenue and they already have a huge like t- like reach from not only the United States now, but globally, like they're the ones to make the next quantum quantumscape move. Like you'd be an idiot not to. They're not a Romeo in any shape or form. They're not going to pull back to $6. They're generating revenue. They're generating revenue now and they have the partnerships. So I, I haven't... Here's what I'll tell you too. I have to just quickly backtrack because I threw out some numbers, um, which were all accurate on the lithium type batteries and the charge cycles. Microvast is claiming that with their proprietary batteries, that the batteries itself can retain 90% of their capacity, even after 10,000 full charges. So like we've all got smartphones and sure when you buy your brand new iPhone, you were able to retain charge for several days. If you keep that phone over time, you know, the, that capacity of the battery diminishes. And so sounds like they've got this proprietary way of kind of sustaining the lifespan and duration of that charge, which quite frankly, you know, I've got a hundred devices in my general vicinity here. They're all battery dependent, none of which operate this, you know, the same today as the day I bought it. That's really a strong selling point, if you ask me. And especially when you're looking at you know, hardware, but let alone a vehicle that you're dependent on getting to and from a place, um, that should give anyone who's uh, interested in EVs you know, good peace of mind that you're buying something of quality that's got the sustainability for you know, considerable lifespan. 10,300 plus full charge uh, cycles, that's a lot. You want me to add on to it to give Please. you a little, make Slam you feel all, all tingly? Here's the alley oop. Pull up. I'll slam <laughs> they're, they're adding battery. They're going to be creating batteries for electronics as well. Oh, wow. So consumer products, consumer hardware. They're going to be doing everything, man. They're, they're, wow. they're now ready. And so you're saying I should buy this stock tomorrow? I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you yes or no. But you'd be an idiot to not be a part of this. Like uh, once the once the people on Friday probably sell off and forget about this, and then if it drops to down below twelve dollars, which it is currently, just wait until it's below the the five EMA line or it's reaching the fifty EMA line. Get in because once May tenth happens, that th- this thing's gonna hit twenty before your mama wakes up <laughs> because there's they're 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 located in so so many certain like positions, and I'm not this is speculation pure speculation but why in the world would a company move their factory to Bradenburg, germany 30 minutes away from a tesla factory oh you said it yeah why would they do that gosh elon musk you know come over and trick-or-treat right over here right yeah but they're like they've been looking tesla has continuously been looking to innovate their own batteries and they've been talking about trying to get denser denser batteries dense denser lithium-ion batteries and they're nowhere close to what microvas can do and i'm not insulting anybody that's a tesla fan i understand that they're just trying to innovate they're trying to do it their own but why wouldn't you consider buying out microvas they're a cheap cheaper company like you could buy them out the exact same amount of value that you did when you bought out solar city they have the factories built up already you are just gently speculating that based on this close proximity and geography, there could potentially be down the road um, alliance in some regard with Tesla. That Tesla's falling short and uh, Microvast be able to fill that void potentially. 
It's not only Germany, it's also China, man. And you go see where their factories in China. Well, gosh, you got me excited. I'm looking at the charts for, again, this is Tuscan Holdings, THCB, uh, which will convert to microvest. What's the, what's the ticker it's going to convert to? Do you know? MVST. MVST. Look at this. This guy knows everything. The previous um, all-time high was on February 1st. Closing price, $24.50. It's currently trading at eleven ninety two. dollars Yes, sir. Over 100% now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So we saw QuantumScape. They epitomized hyper growth. I know for myself, we've talked about this on previous uh, SPAC podcasts. Um, and again, check out our, our previous episodes. They're, they're still relevant. Uh, you can fast forward through by clicking uh, in the description. But um, I've told you, I bought and sold QuantumScape several times. And even back when it was Kensington Capital, KCAC, yes, um, you know, this thing ebbed and flowed like a roller coaster. And again, we're speculating. We're not experts here. Alex, what do you think um, the chart looks like over the next 30 days? And do we even have an, an estimated proxy vote date? Uh, oh, no, I guess that actually happened. What am I thinking? When does this thing convert? What do you think it happens after post-conversion? Okay, so with the way that the chart's been moving, and even with the pipe, the pipe isn't really that much. It's less than four. It's around $400, $400 million of uh, pipe. That'll yep. cause some minor dilution, but with their current infrastructure, the health of the company and the current demand of them and their connections across the board and partnerships, I would say that upon proxy vote of them saying agreement, that's the turning point. On May 10th, that's the turning point. We will not be under $15 ever again. And, and then- the point, And you're saying, you know, that what- Institutional investors will see this as, hey, this is legit. It's happening. They've it's been waiting. Long. Yeah, they've been, they have been waiting. And that major, so I was watching Microvest upon the, the, the vote or the results of the vote extension yep. uh, yesterday. And as soon as they said, we are adjourning, one minute drop, candle was large. It dropped 4% 4, 4 as soon as they said that. That's an institutional institutional uh, investor saying that they're not ready. They're not comfortable with this. They are waiting for the agreement, for it to be official. And then you're going to see them all piling in. Because if I know this and you know this, you really think an, an institutional buyer would not know? Literally, Wed Bush's Daniel Ice says that this is one of the best vertically integrated battery companies he has seen. Better than the likes of Tesla. Like they're better than them in battery wise. So, and he said that people don't understand the fact of just the vertical integration, just how important that is. So once this is approved, it's going to hit above 15. And then you're going to see it continuously rock up and down to $20, $25 upon merger closure. And then as soon as there's eyes on it, it might drop a little bit. But then, the, then all the media guys from Jim Cramer, D David Faber, you name it, will come and be like, I really like this. It's a great time to go up again. And then it'll hit 50 or 60. You never know. This is has been heard by that. You know, we, we have these insights. And then you see it actually unfold the way that you kind of think, I get a good kick out of that. I'm texting my buddies. I told you. I told you. But, remember uh, Wish? <laughs> to we your... talked about Wish. And then oh. we talked about when Wish was 11 bucks. 12 bucks and guess what i really like them i really like it it's really good time to buy it shot up to 15 bucks 
Thank you, SPAC Podcast, for covering that. Well, you know, you uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, we talked about the competitive advantages of microvas. We know it has a string of patents. Um, you know, if they're successful in mastering this commercially viable solid state battery, you know, it'll usher in a paradigm for the industry. But like the real, you know, this is all due to the fact that they have um, a clear manufacturing capacity advantage. Now, folks, I'll be the first to admit, I don't quite understand this, but here's the metric uh, that was presented to me on how they look at their annual manufacturing capacity. And the metric itself is 11 gigawatts per hour. Um, and so that's what they're, they're seeking to increase to by 2025. So for perspective, in 2020, it was around three. So we're talking you know, beyond 3X, that's a little, a little bit more than that. I mean, that's substantial. <laughs> that's, a, that's huge. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm so impressed. Like you can't, the whole way, the, every time I investigate into Microvest, I continue to get impressed across the whole board. I'm never disappointed. The only thing I'm minorly like disappointed in is the, the management team by, by Tuscan. That's it. That's it. Once this is over, I don't give a crap. This thing is one of the best long-term holds to invest into. Like you let, can't argue it. Let me ask you this too. So like Microvest is geographically, you know, spanning, you know, into the US, the EU, China. You know, what do we know about the geographical presence of QuantumScape? We know that they've got ties with Volkswagen, but like, you know, is their footprint as big as, as Microvest? They barely even have a factory, dude. <laughs> they barely have a factory. And they're leaning so much on big on on daddy, which is Volkswagen, to support them. That's it. And like and Bill Gates. That's the only thing that keeps the value above above not dropping below like 29 bucks. Okay. Is because you brought it up. I gotta ask, you know, Bill Gates is our neighbor here in Washington, beautiful Seattle, Washington. Um, you have to think there's a lot of unsophisticated investors, especially you know, chasing SPACs. That's where the money was made. People see a name like Bill Gates. They see a partnership with Volkswagen. You think that was a lot of the horsepower? Do you think behind QuantumScape? You know, Bill Gates isn't going to back a failing company or anything of that nature. I'm speculating here, but could that be behind some of this? That's all that we needed to see a huge boost in momentum in the Kensington Capital days pre-QuantumScape conversion. What do you think? Upon, yes, upon the announcement, hearing Bill Gates and uh, Volkswagen be involved, yeah, it, it shot up, up to, all the way up to $22 upon announcement. That was how when the, the SPAC heydays. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straightforward. I don't care if a celebrity is involved. I don't care. It, I, or you're a tech genius. I don't care. When it comes to the stock market, what, what matters is revenue. What matters is actually being able to to hit the the promises you make you have to execute and quantumscape has not executed a single thing and for it to go up all the way up to 131 dollars is ridiculous and i said it to myself and i said it to my followers like i took my profits i'm out and that was at 74 dollars. and then it was like you're an idiot you're, how dare you say that i'm like watch it pull back hard you cannot say it fell to, I think, 50 bucks and sometime in December, just after it, I think it was early December, it, it converted. I bought it at 50. It went back up to 131. I sold just before that. Thankfully, I never get that kind of luck. 
huge pat on my back there. Um, but then it went back down. What's it trading in the 30s right now? Yep. It dropped all the way down upon a, upon a short, short report. It dropped down to 34 bucks. I don't know where it's currently at. I don't, it still can go lower. Like they're all in, they're still in prototype mode. Why do you think, um, you know, love him or hate him? I, I still watch Jim Cramer. People might hate me for this. I don't care. Um, I still like watching his show. I love his energy. It's contagious. I love his energy. I want to drink whatever he's drinking. I want to whatever, but he's had the CEO um, on, whether it's in the early morning with David Faber. QuantumScape has such a presence on CNBC. I mean, I, I couldn't even count on my hands how many times it's been talked about, how many you know interviews have been on there. How come Microvast has gotten nothing? I mean, it's all- I don't know. Get a feeling on that, no? I think that it's because none of them have a holding in them. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think you're that far off. I'm not trying to be, try, not trying to throw speculation, but like every time this man talks about something and not only themselves, but many others, it's because they have a holding. I understand. I understand some people do that. It's okay. But like, you can't be blind. You can't be blind to their competitors. Like you'd be in, I can seriously, like I'm banging just like I did with CCIV, just like I did with everyone else. I'm banging the drum saying, there's no reason for it to be this low. And every time I do something happens, but while I'm banging the drum, there's complete people just like trolls saying, you're an idiot. You have no clue what you're talking about. It's not going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. And then it happens. I'm like, you know, yeah, they flip flop. Um, exactly. Gosh, you know, they were all very big skeptics. Uh, and they hated talking about specs. Uh, some of you might, I've had some epic calls into the uh, Mad Money show where he just hated me uh, for, you know, calling and asking about PSTH, stuff like that, which I got a kick <laughs> out of. And they just stopped. I literally, I think I've been blacklisted. They won't take my calls anymore. I'll call. <laughs> but yeah, it, but I need to get minions. Please call, please call. But it, it doesn't really matter just, just if it's just a, a SPAC. It's just a company yeah. overall. I, I talked about Palantir when it was 8.93. I loved Palantir. And people were at the, when they IPO were like, I don't know, I don't think it holds its value. We don't even know how they make money. And then it drops and I'm like, well, United States government contracts, blah, blah, blah. I continuously hit the facts, blah, blah, blah. You can't deny this, the current era that we're in. And it skyrockets, hits $33. You've been able not to take profits there. But then when all of a sudden, ARK Investments all of a sudden decides to buy into it. And then Jim Cramer says, I really like this. It goes up to 46. And guess what? It drops back down to 19. Like, are you just listening to us? Are you following us? Are you waiting until you're in to say something? Like, I don't understand. Like, are you going to actually do any research on your own? Or are you just going to rely on the stock market to move for you to be like, I need to look into this company now? Well, it'd be interesting to see kind of a timeline of, how the emotion and sentiment changes with these guys. It's pretty drastic. Well, I think that, shout out to Gergevin. Uh, this man posted the way, posted a chart. I believe he either retweeted or, or posted it of how Jim Cramer has, has uh, performed. Like the way that his- oh, like, I love this. All yeah, right. has performed over the last decade or so. And he was low, like consistently up, low volatile, but low compared to all the other ones, like the overall market. Like he was never above the market. And as a trader and as an investor, you always want to perform better than the market. 
and he's he's always underperformed it slowly that's interesting and you're right is it gergavin 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 love that guy we've talked to him i think he's coming on the show here soon um can't be more excited we had a great time last week with el professor and miss meg's trades um you know i think those type of episodes and please let us know tweet us who do you want to hear from we have lots of regular dialogues um i think you know the more the merrier brings out a more rich dialogue right absolutely i'm looking really quick though i got to just circle back here quantum scapes battery so they're going a different route they're developing an annoid free lithium you know metal battery uh they're claiming we we don't know you know if there's any credence to this but um it's a it can sustain you know an 80 percent capacity after uh i didn't even say here however many cycles microvice was saying ten thousand, which is insane and uh you know 15 minutes quick charge so still you matrix the two the technical specs don't even parallel and mind you you know we're talking a few less minutes and the capacity but all of this matters and in the realm of batteries you know that that level of density is everything um, and it sounds like too microvast is looking into the you know uh, solid state battery technology well and even consumer products gosh i didn't even know that you told me this that's exciting you know, to date, who are the biggest, you know, battery manufacturers? We know that Panasonic's got a great partnership with Tesla. Um, Panasonic, LG. LG um, is, got, I think, the biggest, right? They're the biggest because they're, they're, they sell the most cells, but they, they can, they have the capacity to build cell, uh, battery packs, but a lot of their best sellers are their other cells. Um, there is a lot of, a lot of them popping up in, uh, in Norway but they're still way early, like still early stages. But those are the ones that we've listed are pretty much it. And Tesla is also selling their batteries too as third party, um, but it's still very minimal. I, the, the top top five, Microvast is in it. And they're, they're still considered early. Well, so, you know, I'm, I'm relatively savvy when it comes to tech, but these batteries, this is science. And mm-hmm. Only my mom knows and a few other people, my, my report card in science was not great. Uh, but I can't tell you, I had to dive deep and just understand batteries, how they function. And you know, I, I really focused on the combustion engine and lithium ion, right? The two different um, polar opposites. And so I found this great comparison where they took just a gallon of gasoline and they put it side by side with, um, you know, the comparison was with lithium and they used cans of soda. And so a gallon of gasoline is, I guess, is equivalent to 139 cam, uh, cans of soda, 13 times the volume. So that's where battery density is an important factor in the manufacturing of this. Um, and the, the real interesting part here is that it's really uh, juicy is about the, the efficiency. So I guess gasoline engines are typically more than 35% thermally efficient, meaning that like 65% of the energy from the combustion is lost just to heat. Whereas with an electric battery, it has 90% uh, efficiency. So, I mean, that's almost 3x on the efficiency level. 
Um, it's just that that density. So inevitably, this will be solved. Um, it just hasn't been quite solved yet. And perhaps Microvest is going to pioneer uh, the path for that, right? Yeah, it's going to be really, it's not going to just be themselves. It's going to be the whole world. And the globe is already, we've seen the transition that's coming. We've seen the promises. We've seen uh, the invest investments from not only um, us, the stock, like the shareholders, but the companies themselves and the nations themselves. Um, when you see nations investing over $300 billion to build out infrastructure for electric, and with the U.S. not even doing anything until now, electric's going to be the future. It is, it is what it is. And I've always said since last year, and I've said it on the podcast, I'll say it again, always invest for the future. Yep. Look, look forward. Don't look in the now. Look forward. If you're in for a short-term profit, yeah, look at the now. But if you're looking for the long term and you're willing, if you're a busy man, man and woman and you have families, look for the future. Look at where the, where the world's going to rotate in. And the world's rotating into electric, hydrogen then in the next 10 years. And then afterwards, guess what? Space exploration. That's yep. what's going to happen. Which we've covered. Again, check out previous episode. Exactly. <laughs> investment. Yep. Uh, that was great. Really loved that one. But you're absolutely right you know, the most damning metric that comes with batteries and, you know, becoming this adopted new way of powering things, um, simply the weight. So a lithium ion battery weighs 50 times as much as the equivalent amount of energy stored in gasoline. Mm -hmm. That's a big fucking multiple. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not feasible, or it's totally feasible to bridge this gap. Um, and, you know, again, any Tesla fans out there, you've heard it, but if you're not, and you're not even an investor, I encourage you, listen to the next battery day, listen to the next earnings call. Um, I've enjoyed each one of those. While again, I'm not a scientist. There's a lot of strong takeaways. You at least understand the hurdles um, that these manufacturers are going up against and how they're bridging the gaps. And I just personally find it all really fascinating and um it's quite exciting, right? Yes, sir. Well, what else can we say about QuantumScape? I mean, and MicroVest. Uh, we've really peeled back some some layers here. Um, it's really we've covered everything, and that's and I, I'm going to continue to say this is that when you when you actually do your own DD and you investigate into the company itself, and every, not only them but many other companies, you you will give yourself more confidence in your investments. But before you decide to invest into the company, pay attention to the chart. Pay attention to the way that is it healthy? Is it is it is it still bearish? Is it ending below the EMA line to say that it's bullish? But know your risk management. But if you're investing into this kind of a company, you're investing long. Like um, just know that this, and believe it or not, even though you're investing long, you can very well see very quick hyper growth in a short period of time. If QuantumScape can do it, Microvast can do it. I'm saying $30 to $40 here in the next month is very realistic. Well, hey, I always appreciate your insights. Um, heck, that's why we're partnered because uh, you're very astute in ways that I'm not and most aren't. And I think that's really great advice. I got to um, you know, just gently put you on the spot here and because everyone's wondering, I'm speaking for FinTwit here. We all know that like, 
you know, batteries are the most expensive component of EVs. They represent about 30 to 40% of the value of, of that EV. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this, again, follow our new boy here, or not new, but this, the, the stock cast. Again, all the information's in the uh, description of our YouTube. So make sure to uh, follow Alex and definitely check in on that new um, upcoming interview with Lucid Motors, Peter Rawlinson, that should be fantastic. But are you gonna ask a question related to the batteries? Um, everyone wants to know what's the competitive edge. We know that they're a tech company. Can we briefly spend a quick moment just talking about batteries, Lucid? Um, and you know, I don't know if you're comfortable revealing anything along those lines of what you're willing to address with them, but I'm curious. I'll, 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 I'll reveal a small amount. Um, so what, what I will, I definitely ask, ask what sets them apart, what makes them different and allow that to open up a lot of the things like technology wise. So, um, everything that I'm going to be asking is really what I, what was what you, the follower has asked and commented on the, my post, and I'm going to act as, as a voice for you. So when you are asking a question, commenting, I'm going to, the majority wins but I'm not gonna waste their time and I'm gonna make sure to ask questions that, that they can actually answer, so. Um, Are you gonna address the, the battery at all? And even oh yeah. The, kind of, uh, the efficiencies, the, the way that it can charge, how fast and performance. Well, I think, you know, so um, there's a lot of people out there, lower socioeconomic class that, you know, who doesn't wanna drive a Tesla? Who doesn't wanna drive a Lucid Air? But economically, it's, it's outside of their budget. I think we all want to know how do you bridge that gap to build a more affordable product um, that, you know, it's more accessible to a broader audience. Um, I, for, for me personally, I'm most curious about, is that something you, you're comfortable, you know, asking them or? Oh yeah, I'll definitely ask them. Um, the biggest thing with this company is, is yes, they're going straight for the luxury, luxury sector. And, and then it's a strategy. Um, to one, not really need to compete with Tesla. And number two, to have a higher margin, a revenue margin. But it also, it, it's, the, it's the hardest one. It's the hardest sector to try to get into in the automobile sector. Yeah. So if they can prove that they are worth the luxury price, then once they do have the capacity to, to give you the $25,000 vehicle, it'd be a no brainer. But I think, and that's all dependent on battery innovation, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the cost of these batteries a lot cheaper. Um, it, it, all, it all comes comes to production line. And as they expand, they expand not only in their, their AMP1 factory, but as well as, as the AMP2 fa- factory that we're expecting in, in Saudi Arabia and then in China. So it's just, as they expand, it's gonna, they can afford to lower the net, the, the net revenue margin. Well, Again, folks, uh, if you're not following Alex already, you should. Um, he's probably the best influencer out there in the Fintoy community. Um, most informed, most astute, um, at the Stockcast, right, on Twitter. And again, it'll be all in the description. Check out his upcoming interview. Uh, I think we'll all be, you know, periodically checking uh, Twitter to see when you post that. Again, congratulations on that. I think that's exciting. I got to pick your brain. You know, I got you on. I, we got to talk real quick about the Amazon rumors of this uh, potential split, stock split. We all saw what happened in September of 2020. 
when Tesla and Apple both did like a five to one, four to one split. And for whatever reason, these things popped like 20 some percent. And fundamentally they shouldn't, right? It's still the same price, just theoretically at a different ratio. And, but is there, what is this? Like the a neuroscience behind the stock split that people think it should go up? Fundamentally it shouldn't. What's your, what's your thoughts on this? We saw a lot of call option volume um, over the past couple of days. Uh, is the rumor legit? What, what do we know? What are your thoughts? So with Amazon, the Amazon split or any kind of computer, uh, any kind of company that splits, it really depends on the marketing of the company. And right now there's not a better company that's been marketing than the likes of Amazon and Apple. Um, Tesla doesn't really need a market, but the mentality for stockholders and shareholders and potential shareholders is the, the ability to purchase, the ability to be truthfully be able to buy a share of a company that you truly believe in. So the strategy when it comes to buying a buying a, a share of a very expensive sh a company like the likes of Tesla, like the likes of Apple, and now potentially Amazon, when you buy prior to a split, that means that wherever you buy, there's going to be a run up. And upon announcement, uh, Tesla announcement was around seventeen eighty. $1,780. It ran up to $4,500. And then once the split happens, that was after the split. It was $4,000 right around there. Wait, am I right? Am I wrong? It was around there and it went yeah, back valuation. to $400. Yeah, that was when it was up all the way to $900. It ran all the way up to $4,500 when it was at $900 pre-split. I know after split. And then it dropped. That's because shareholders were able to buy. That's when they were able to buy at the price that they wanted and then it dropped. So you're saying that because it was at a more affordable price, Joe Schmoes like myself and a lot of SPAC investors saw this as an opportunity. Hey, I could, it didn't make sense, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, neurologically in their brain to buy it then. So I'm going to buy it now. Yep. Though it's theoretically the same value, right? Yep. So... It, it's just it's just a play on allowing more long-term investors to be into it. And it's a brilliant move by the companies themselves because it, it increases their value. Um, well, especially with so many you know retail investors, we, I don't think we've seen this level of money active in the market for a while. I, mind you, I can't speak for the last 12 weeks. They've just been shitty for SPACs, but... Uh, companies, people that, are, that, that they say the thing, the exact same thing that you say, I get it. I'm, I'm in it for the short-term profits as well. Like you're an idiot not to take some profits. Um, but like it is a form of dilution, but it's also a form of getting more trusted investors into your company because people that want in it, they want to be able to get in at a true price. Like not every investor can get in at $1,000 or $3,000. They want to get in at $400, $300, $100. And that's exactly what Apple did. That's what Tesla did. And that's exactly what Amazon should do. And Google should do. And uh, it's just going to increase that. Google might follow in line here in the short term. If I said this and I gave a poll, it's really realistic. Upon the, upon the announcement of a stock split for Amazon, this is a $6,000 stock. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be ridiculous. And then as th and that's probably after the merger, after the split happens. So, you know, say what you want, but Amazon might be one of the safest bets out there. You know, I've kind of, as a consumer, 
been in this mindset. If I can't buy it on Amazon, I probably <laughs> don't need it, right? And well, because they have everything, man. They do, but even all the subsidiary businesses under its, you know, umbrella. I mean, they're in like, um, they're doing medication fulfillment, you know, um, mm -hmm. you name it, they have it. And then they're going to be delivering packages via a drone. I mean, I bought an external hard drive last night at 6 p.m. I got it this morning. I bought also some indoor plant lights today, um, 10 a.m. this morning. I got them already, same day. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing uh, what, I mean, they're a juggernaut. Mm -hmm. So, you know, during these turbulent times, you're looking for a safe place to park your money. It should be a no brainer. And if it's not, you probably shouldn't be an investor, right? Exactly. And again, throughout the, throughout the whole volatility, and I'm a huge, again, I love CCIV. I love Arrival. I love every SPAC. But if you mentally can't handle that move, of days where it goes up 50%, 15%, and then it drops 8% or 3%. If you can't handle those days, just go into Amazon. Just get yep. to Amazon. Go like Amazon. Long. Yep. Or Coupang. Coupang. We talked about Coupang. Like there's other uh, options that are safer and less volatile that are still moving up. Like, yep. like I'm not, again, I'm not plugging Coupang, but Coupang's going to be revealing their, their earnings on May 10th. So we're on a run up there. Like they're the Amazon of, of, of Korea. Like well, if you want safety, there you go. It's $40. Let's see a company, someone try to short a company that's worth $45 per, per stock. Like you're not gonna be able to manipulate that. Well, and Amazon- this. For the listener who didn't listen, listen to this episode. We covered e-commerce specifically. like what, two weeks ago? And they went up. It went up. Right up flew. I hate to toot, hate to toot the horn. Everything we've covered has seen measurable growth. Yeah. Um, and huge shout out to you again. Follow the stock, you know, the stock cast uh, <laughs> for these level of insights. I think uh, if you're not, you know, Something hang with you. yourself. <laughs> not great. I got to also ask, I, I'm going to just keep you going here. We're going to keep going. I, I heard you might be a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. I'll go to their games. I'm not a fan, but I'm a, I'll go to the games. <laughs> um, are you excited about Trevor Lawrence? It looks like he is headed your guys' way. I don't. Holy I don't way. know. I don't know. I, I I was actually hoping that they would trade down and and they're they're they need to build up. It's like I I understand Urban Meyer's like belief in them and in Trevor Lawrence, but like you literally have an offense that's built for the likes of Josh Fields. Why yeah. not trade down? get more picks to build up your offense and defense and then pick up Josh Fields. And he still hasn't been picked and it's a little pick 11 right now. Like it, and he's going to drop, it's going to drop like a rock and he's going to be still there at pick 17. Like you could have gotten everything that you needed and more and still get other superstars later. I know. Gosh, talking about the pressure of these general managers. Well, anywho, we're not a sports podcast for a reason. But I had to quickly ask, uh, man, anything else you want to add before we uh, end this? No, I just want to say thank you guys so much for your support. And I know that uh, me changing my brand, it was a, it was really hard on me because a lot of things like you guys have always supported me and it's always been personal. This will, it will continue to remain personal, but um, it's getting better. It is getting better. Who's, who's fucking complaining? I know, I know, but I just want to say that it was, it was a, it was a big step for me and I appreciate everyone's support. 
And uh, again, you, if you're not already, make sure to go follow Spock, Spock Mania as well. Dana has oh, done something. Don't toot my heart. Shut up. You're going to so take this and you're going to accept so this. You accept this now. This guy has done such a hard job on not only this podcast, but every single thing that he's been posting. Well, like yeah. graphics, transitions, you name it. We are literally a professional. Try. Let me finish. We are at professional grade production and we're better than a lot of others out there. So if you're not already, go follow Spack Mania as well. And we appreciate your support. So before you end, make sure to leave a like, comment, and let us know. All right? Yeah, uh, I agree. Thank you again to everyone with your support. Tweet us your questions, your comments. Let us know if we're sucking. Let us know where we're hitting home runs. Let us know what you want covered. You know, we can't cover it all, but maybe we'll get to it the following week. And again, if you uh, don't enjoy watching us on YouTube, uh, which we got two handsome guys here with some great graphics, um, listen to us on the go. You know, gosh, while you're doing dishes, while you're driving to and from work to the grocery store, put your AirPods in. Spotify, Apple, Google, Google uh, Podcasts, Breaker, RadioCast. We're on like 10 different casts. You name it, we're on it. The SPAC Podcast. <laughs> Folks, thank you. We'll see you next week. Boom!